Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome back to another episode of Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Due to the holiday hubbub, uh, scheduling guests has been a little bit challenging over the last week or two. Um, So today's episode, I'm going to do something called uh, 10-Minute Tidbits. The inspiration for this segment actually came to me while I was at the barber, and I was uh, doing some polite eavesdropping on the the individual next to me. And they were talking about uh, savings bonds. And it got me thinking that uh, probably a lot of people have earned or have received savings bonds at some point in their life. Most people aren't exactly sure what they are. Um, and it's a quick idea that you know, might provide some value to those uh, that, that have those pieces of paper or have that slip that says go to this website to find your bond value um, and what you can do with it or what you should do with it. So let's start with what savings bonds are. Essentially, U.S. savings bonds. Sometimes they're called double E bonds. Sometimes they're called I bonds. And uh, you know where I found them in my life was you know at a communion or a graduation or a birthday. They would be in my card, and it would be this green certificate, and you know had a number of twenty-five or fifty or a hundred dollars on it. And um, uh, but it wasn't money. It wasn't cash. It was just this piece of paper. And you know what I was told to do with it is put it in a drawer, and it'll be worth some money later. And that's essentially the way they worked. Uh, the value that's on the face of the bond is the future value of the bond. So typically, if you had a $50 bond, whoever bought that paid $25 for the bond. And that the idea is it earns interest over time. And at some date in the future, you can redeem it for $50. Or if you hold on to it you know, beyond the maturity date, possibly even more than the $50 it's earned. Now, a few years back, they stopped issuing the paper bonds and they went strictly to electronic bonds. So now if you were to buy a bond for somebody or receive a bond, you would get like a white certificate stating this person has purchased a bond in your name and you have to go to uh, you know treasurydirect.gov to find the value of your bond. Um, but each bond has its own individual serial number. So essentially with that serial number, you could go to that website and look up you know, where your bond is, when it was purchased, how much it's worth today, and what the future value of it is. So if you do happen to have any of these pieces of paper or green bonds sitting in a drawer somewhere, um, now would be the time to kind of take them out. And like I said, you go to treasurydirect.gov and there's a spot to kind of search for my bond and you can type in your serial number. And if you have 10 or 20 or 30 of them, you can pull it in multiple serial numbers and you can, uh, you'll get a printout of how many bonds you own and you know, how much they're worth and what the value is. So the th- second thing you want to know is, well, how do they make money? Um, like I said, they're issued by the federal government and they receive an interest rate typically based on the interest rates that existed when those bonds were purchased. So if you have a bond that was purchased in 19... 19- 88, 87, uh, 92, 93, you might see that it's paying a 3 or 4 or 5% interest on that bond. But if you purchased a bond today, the current value of that bond, uh, the current bonds are paying less than 1%. So it's somewhat tied to the interest rates that are happening in the world. So you know, the benefit of having a low mortgage and you know, cheap debt is that bonds are not paying a whole lot of interest because the federal government isn't collecting a whole lot of interest on the other side. So now you know what a bond is, you know how to get one if you want one, you kind of know how they earn interest. 
some of the other things you have to be aware of are, um, you know, kind of the timelines of what, when, what can I do with it and when can I do things with these bonds. So if the bond is less than 12 months old, there's nothing you can do. Uh, you, can't, you can't cash in a bond or do anything with it for the first 12 months. So if you got it recently, just stick it in the drawer and maybe put a note on the calendar to look at it in 12 months. Uh, if you have a bond that's less than five years old, uh, you can redeem that bond or cash it in for whatever the current market value is. And like I said, if you were given a $50 bond, like I said, that person paid $25. So in year five, it might only be worth $27 or $29 because it hasn't fully gotten to the maturity value. Um, and if you cash in the bond within the first five years, you pay uh, a penalty of three months of interest. So if you held the bond for five, you know, four years, you're going to get three years and nine months worth of interest instead of the full four years. So with relatively low interest rates, it's not a significant penalty, but, um, you know, you just want to be aware of that. You'll, you'll get a little bit less than what it states on the website. Now, if your bonds are slightly older, uh, like I said, you maybe got them at your graduation in 1995, um, there's typically a, a doubling date. So if you buy a brand new bond today, even though it's only paying 0.1% interest, the value of that bond will double in the, in within 20 years. So 20 years from now, your twenty-five, your $50 bond that you paid $25 for will be worth $50. But back, uh, you know, older bonds doubled a little quicker because interest rates were higher. So if you bought it in, say, 1995, maybe it doubled by two, you know, 2010, so at 15 years. Um, and after that 15-year period, a lot of the bonds, sometimes their interest rates shift to kind of current interest rates. So you may have had a bond for the first 10 or 15 years that was paying you 6 5 8%. Um, but once it transitioned into kind of current rates or adjustable rates, you saw that rate drop down to, to 3 or 4 uh, you know, even lower in some situations. So if you have an older bond, you want to you know, look at what it's earning interest today. And if it's gone past the doubling, let's say you have a $50 bond, it could actually be worth $62 or $65 because it's continuing to earn interest even after that doubling point. The other date you have to be aware of if you have some really older bonds, and where I see this is for clients that maybe work for larger employers um, like GE, uh, they allowed the employees to buy them right in their paycheck. So you could have $25 or $50 each paycheck set aside. And sometimes people were doing that through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and just kind of buying them and kind of sticking them in a drawer. Um, but what happens after 30 years of holding that bond, they stop paying interest altogether. So if you have much older bonds, like I said, it is, they're, they're probably currently earning zero interest. So it may be worth uh, kind of doing an inventory to see how many you have and what they're worth and um, what, what you may want to do with them next. So the final question is, well, what do I do with them? I've got them now. Do I keep them? Do I wait for them to double? Um, and the answer to that really falls to what your goals are and what your time frame is from an investment standpoint and what's your, what your risk level is. So if you've listened to some of my past episodes on compounding interest, if you have a three-year-old child and they, have, they were gifted a savings bond for college education and you're just going to let that sit there for the next 15 years earning 1% or 2 or 3% interest, if you're more of an aggressive investor or believe that that, that $50 would be better off invested in a stock for the next 15 years, 
then you might, you know, even though you're not going to get the full face value, you might decide to cash that money in and put it into their 529 where they can invest it slightly more aggressively or into a, you know, a stock, you know, through a stock investment program. So, you know, if you're more of an aggressive investor, even though you receive the gift, you, you don't want to hang on to it just to get the face value because you're sacrificing other potential growth. If you receive the bonds and you've held on to it for a long time and you're thinking, you know, maybe I'll spend these in the next two or three years, the interest they're earning is probably slightly higher than you're checking your savings account. So you might just keep them in the drawer for another couple of years and allow them to continue earning that, you know, that federal interest rate of one or two or three percent or whatever it's crediting at that point. The last thing that you have to be aware of when you're deciding what to do with these bonds are the tax consequences. So uh, U.S. savings bonds are not taxed at the state level, but they are taxed at the federal level for the interest they've accumulated. So if you bought a bond for $25 and you waited till it doubled in value and you cashed in that $50 bond, that $25 is going to show up as taxable interest on your tax return. And unlike corporate dividends uh, or you know, qualified dividends or bond interest, the, the interest on U.S. savings bonds is just taxed as ordinary income taxes. So if you are sitting on a stack of, say, you know, 50 or 100 old savings bonds and they've continued to add value and you might have you know, five or ten or $15,000 of, of growth in there, you have to think about, well, if I take them all to the bank or you know, take them all to the Treasury Department and cash them in at one time, that extra ten or $15,000 on my tax returns, how will that impact me in this year? You know, should I sell some this year? Should I sell some next year? So you have to kind of weigh the tax impacts with the lost earnings potential while you're waiting to cash those in. Um, another kind of alternative strategy is say, well, I know I'm not maxing out my 401k or my IRA. So if I cash in these bonds, it's going to increase my taxable income. But if I then put more money in my IRA or put more money in my 401k for that year, it would bring my taxable income down. So it might be a net uh, zero from a tax perspective. It doesn't allow you to shift the money into a, a better long-term investment bucket. So I think uh, we've talked a lot about savings bonds. Like I said, these a lot of times are something that you might own $100 worth or sometimes you own $10,000 worth. Um, but it's another nice little thing to clean up out of your, your junk drawer and kind of make sure that there's no loose ends when it comes to financial assets, um, you know, as you're kind of doing your financial housekeeping. So if you've listened to this episode and you happen to be eavesdropping at the barbershop the next time you're around, uh, you can feel free to tell people, to, hey, I got a great resource. You should tune into this podcast. He spent 10 minutes kind of going over all you need to know about uh, U.S. savings bonds. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, on Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.